We're building this city one day at a time. Welcome to Grow Lincoln, the program with Lincoln's future in mind. Your hosts are former Lincoln City Councilwoman Robin Eshelman and Dave Albers, two experts in the field of commercial real estate and business development. Now, it's time to Grow Lincoln on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Many of our listeners see construction projects around town and message us on Facebook or Twitter asking what's going on. We research them and announce what they are on this show. And this segment is possible today because of Lincoln Electric System, Sarder Heyman Jewelry, and Charter Title. Coming up in the show, um, listener questions. We are going to devote an entire segment to this. And starting a new restaurant or any other restaurant, we're going to talk to a special guest, Roy Christensen. Hiring a business development staff person, Angela Paolini, will be in with us to talk about that. Um, Dave, let's tackle um, one, and if we have time, two questions here for um, that that are we frequently get on Grow Lincoln. Um, Jason on Facebook asked us one time, it seems like pretty much every spot being torn down is going to be apartments with some retail that will remain empty on the first floor. Where are all these people that are going to fill these apartments coming from? People want to buy houses, don't they? Not rent. Yeah, well... I think in the long run, most people do want to buy houses, but there are uh, certain groups of people uh, who simply, number one, can't afford to buy a house. And, Especially now. Yeah. And secondarily, some uh, some people um, in the retirement age uh, area just don't want to have to deal with. They're coming some, out of. They're coming home out of their homes. Ownership. And some of them are going to townhomes, but you know, some of them are just going to apartments. And they want to live somewhere else just, just in the winter. It, yeah, make it make their lives simpler and not have to deal with things. So a little bit of information here in Lincoln. You know, approximately fifty-seven percent of us own our home. So you know, the majority of people do want to own a home, but. We were at a meeting, Robin, with uh, one of the planning department officials. And just to use a round number, it's their estimate that we need about a thousand apartment units per year. Right. To house the growth that we have. So now you hear us talking a lot about all of these apartments that are going in and the size of them. And I, I always try to say, Hey, this is going to get phased in. So I just want people to realize that while they may say there's going to be four or 500 apartment units on any parcel of property, it's likely that that's going to come in, in, you know, two or three phases. Some of these apartment projects that we see, like that are coming into downtown, they get a huge amount of publicity. Yeah. But sometimes it's 30 apartments. Yeah. And, you know, but a, a, one of those kind of bigger apartment complexes might be 200. So right. think how many of those you would need to add every year if it was 200. And then if they're even smaller than that, if they're, the, you know, 30 of them here and 17 over there and 50 over here, you know, then 
you need a, a lot more buildings that can accommodate an yeah. apartment. And, uh, and he, he also brought up the point about some of these buildings that we're seeing where they have the apartments on the upper levels and then, you know, some vacancy on the lower levels, which is, you know, something that the city was kind of wanting us to deal with, you know, in terms of having those type of buildings. And we found that, to his point, that that doesn't seem to be working as well as we'd hoped. No, I, you know, we've talked about this on the show that I think retail people like to be in a district. Yeah. I don't, I don't think they like to be scattered among apartment complexes in various sundry spots around different parts of Lincoln. They like to kind of be together. Um, you know, that, that thousand, that thousand people figure that the planning department thinks. Thousand units. Yeah. Or, or, a, I'm sorry, a thousand apartment unit figure. Mm-hmm. Um, that is based on Lincoln growing maybe three to four thousand people a year. Yeah. And it, and it seems to be trending upward because, you know, student loan debt and waiting to get married till later in life and, um, so it could be more that we, you know, 1,300, 1,700 that we need a year. On the other hand, in 2021, our population growth was way down. Instead of Lincoln growing three to 4,000 a year, it was 1,900. And we don't know if that was because of the pandemic or the housing shortage or both and how long that could continue like that. Yeah, who, well, who knows? Yeah, yeah. We, we no, just was keep, that we, an we aberration keep, or is yeah. that something that could keep happening? Because we are having terrible trouble keeping up, of course, with the housing. Yeah. Robin, we've got one more question. Should we try to tackle that or should we just go to our next segment? Well, I, we've got a little bit of, what, a minute here? About Gro- a minute and a half, yeah. Grow Lincoln, appreciate your knowledge and your sharing of it. What has influenced the amount of tear down the old and build the new that seems to be going on. It's widespread. It's Isn't it better than leaving old buildings vacant? However, too many businesses are going to the edge of town where there are plenty of buildings that could be recycled in the middle part of the town. Is this a sign of what's to come? Well, Robin, your thoughts? There are so many more building codes now than we used to have in the old days. It is so expensive to fix up an older building that blows your mind. Um, you're going to get into a fight with a city over fire st- stairwells. You're going to fight over the cost of sprinkler systems. Um, but then there's just the change in architectural trends and yeah. what people want in a building. Yeah. And I think that's a strong point right there. People, people want different things. Yeah. They want high ceilings. They want, you know, if you're looking at an older building that was built in the 1970s to 1980s, it probably has hardly any windows in it at all. Yeah. And people want more than that. Um, You know, the, the big factor that makes such a huge difference in cost is um, available sewer and water so that something can be built from scratch. Um, You know, that's, that may force people back in, but sometimes it's still easier to pay the money yeah. <laughs> go yeah. out there. And then the demographics in a neighborhood have changed. They certainly have. You know, they, you know the, the neighborhood can just change, and people don't want to oh. live in that neighborhood anymore. Over time. Know. Yeah, it just it slowly changes. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we need to take a break, but when we come back, Roy Christensen will be in to talk about starting a restaurant, starting any other kind of business. He'll have some advice. 
It's Grow Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Podcasts are a great way to multitask while you're working out, cleaning your photos and emails, or taking a coffee break. It's fun to hear the voices of thought leaders from your own community on our show. Find our podcasts on the Grow Lincoln Shows tab or SoundCloud. And this segment is possible today because of Nebraska Green Sorghum Board and Remax Concepts. Starting a new business, we'd like to talk to somebody who has done this and maybe might have some advice for startups because we know um, with, uh, what do they call it, the great exit or something of every people leaving their, their job during the pandemic and going out in there, the great, I don't know, escape or whatever the phrase is. <laughs> a lot of people this year. Man, all of a sudden, why can I not think, think of, of that, that term? phrase? Yeah. Um, but anyway, we wanted to talk to Roy Christensen, who is a former city council member because he has owned several different businesses and we figured he'd have some good advice. How are you doing today, Roy? I am doing great. It's wonderful to be here. Thanks for having me back. Yeah. Well, okay, let's start with what businesses have you started and maybe quickly clarify which ones you still own. Okay, But run run them down for Um, us. My first business I own here in Lincoln is my audiology practice, which I, of course, I still own. Um, I started with uh, two friends of mine in Kansas, a uh, buying group for hearing aids called the Gillum Group, and that's still going strong. Matter of fact, we expanded about 170 offices across the country, or oh, part of our buying a group. buying group. Right. Kind of, it's a cooperative kind of thing. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I, uh, beca- I became an investor in Gauntlet Games. Yes. And I have since sold my interest in that, but uh, that one was a very good investment for me. Um, I, and that was gaming stores that yes. were located in, yeah. Link- in the Lincoln in area. Tabletop games, not gambling games. Oh, right? okay. <laughs> gaming, some people think about gambling. That's true. So, uh, yeah, I've, I'm still a partner in a... Uh, group called the White Knights Enterprises, and we uh, buy and sell, rehabilitate properties, some properties we keep and, and rent, uh, so I'm still Do you, part Does of that. that mean you flip houses, or is um, it commercial property? We've done more commercial stuff, but we don't necessarily flip houses. Um, the, the implication there is something less than what we do. We do a significant improvements in the properties, and uh, we some of them we sell, some of them we keep and rent out, um, but... But most recently, a restaurant. But mostly recently, a restaurant called L's Kitchen. Now, some people who are not hearing very well think I'm saying Hell's Kitchen, and I'm not. <laughs> it's L's Kitchen with an L, like for Lincoln. Uh, yeah. What What is the same and what is different from starting an audiology practice to starting a restaurant? I mean, there's got to be commonalities, but then, sure. of course, there's Well, some... the commonalities is, and I would tell people who, if you're interested in starting any business, spend your time doing what you do best and pay other people to do what they do best. And to, just not to put too fine a point on it, find yourself a good uh, attorney yeah. and a good accountant. Mm-hmm. Put those in place before you do anything and tell them what you plan to do, and they will help you avoid a world of problems. You know, it's amazing how many times people ask us, who would you use for an accountant or an attorney? Sure. Uh, we get asked that question. I'm frequently. sometimes surprised that they haven't, you know, yeah. but I quickly recommend somebody, you know, because, it, yeah, you, yeah. I, someone told me, my my lawyer told me that my accountant would be my best friend. And that, <laughs> there's a lot of truth to that. Yes, there is. And, yeah. you know, a lot of people don't go to find the lawyer or the accountant until they're already in trouble. 
Yeah, I know. I, I look at this. I, I pay those folks to help avoid to trouble to begin trouble. with. Yeah, it's right. better to avoid it to begin with. So yeah. that's the first thing. Uh, in in the United States, there are three main reasons for uh, business failures. And by the way, most businesses, when they fail, do so in the first two years. Yeah, uh, and in no particular order. Uh, employees are a cause of business failure. Undercapitalization. It's a big not, one. Not, not enough it's money. A it's one. a big one. And the and the last one. Uh, is government overburden. If, yeah. you're, if you're not really... <laughs> Which is tied in. to the second one. Yeah. Yes, yes <laughs> yeah. it is. So those are the things I'd say. Get in order quickly uh, first before you really take off with your great idea. Right. Yeah. Hey, you know, what did you learn in these first few days when you were experimenting with your food? Well, what I learned about was uh, I like food, but I I rely on the expert. You didn't know that? Yeah, well, I, I really like the food we're serving at Dell's Kitchen, but I, I needed to defer to the experts. My partner in this, one of my partners is Lawrence de Villiers, who was oh, the person yeah. who started the uh, you know what? Normandy. We should back up and explain where your restaurant's oh, at. So people yeah, can sure. like, picture this. In there. Now, where is this at? It's at 17th and Van Dorn. It's right. where previously the Normandy was. was. Before that was El CTO. It's right across the street from Fire Station number 8. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is the important thing. It's across the street from Fire Station so number 8. So yeah. we're very safe. So they, <laughs> yeah, you kind of had a, what, you had an idea of the menu, but you needed to clarify that with Lawrence because right. he is maybe, what, more in tune with what people in Lincoln like to eat? Or what? That, that's why, true. Why and, didn't and, and you feel like your opinion was well, as valuable? Well, he's more in tune to uh, the food business because he's been in it. And put uh, people in that neighborhood like and want uh, because he's had a business there, a restaurant there. Uh, and he is, you know, he's not a chef per se, but he grew up with chefs in his home cooking their family meals. And he spent a lot of time with the with the in the kitchen and learned an awful lot about good cooking. Yeah, and there's a lot more logistics associated oh, with yes. running a restaurant than people think there is. Absolutely. And and what what you need to know and is far greater than just what right. it's like now, to cook a, a meal for your family. My part in this business is to handle the money. So yeah. you know I have some expertise at that. Done it over a few years and. Uh, but his his expertise is to handle the cooking and the the maintenance and the operation of the kitchen, which of course, if you don't have that, you don't have anything. So, and in addition to having an, a lawyer and accountant, what is your best advice for handling the money for a new business person? Um, put everything in writing about how you're going to do it, and handling the money is. You have to make your deposits regularly. You have to keep things under control. You have to communicate on an almost weekly basis with your accountant uh, when you're getting started. Because if you don't do that, you're going to be buried. All of a sudden, the, the problem is too, you, you got a problem that's too big to fix in a day. Hmm. Yeah. So make your accountant your mentor. Yes. Yeah. One thing I'm going to say create a business plan. Oh, yes. It's not going to go according to plan, never does, but you got to go through the gymnastics right. of doing it. And if you have partners, put everything in writing. Yeah. And, and with yes. an attorney, because yes. even though you're you start off as good friends, you don't know uh, sometimes it doesn't end that way. But you have to have plans written for uh possibilities of, you know, one person decides to leave the business, yeah. one person passes away, mm-hmm. it can be lots You've of different have things. Plans. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, well thank you, sir. Good stuff. Um, good information. Roy Christensen, um, L's Restaurant is his... L's Kitchen. L's yes. Kitchen is yes. his, yeah, is his new invention. It's at 17th and South Street. 17th and Van, Van Dorn. Dorn. Oh, sorry. Van I am, yeah. I am killing it. Van Robin, Dorn. it's across from Fire Station number yeah, eight. I, yes. Well, y'all know where Normandy <laughs> and, and used to we're be. We're open for business every evening starting at five from Tuesday through Saturday. Okay. No reservations required at this point. <laughs> okay. Great stuff. Coming up next, Angela Paolini will be in to talk about hiring business development person for your company. We'll be right back. Everyone is excited about new business, and our business is to tell you what's new. This is Grow Lincoln on 1499.3 KLIN. Welcome to the only business show in Lincoln, the Grow Lincoln Show. And this segment is possible today because of Christensen Hearing Analytics, Lincoln Airport Authority, and Service Master Professional Building Maintenance. And that works out because they are here. Yay. We, we are here Service in the, Master in person. <laughs> in the studio with us. Angela Paolini, how are you doing? I'm doing well, and I'm glad to be here. Well, thank you for coming. We wanted to talk to someone about hiring business development staff because there comes a point where the person who started the business um, is busy with so many mm -hmm. different things, um, not just selling, but, you know, management, accounting, hiring new employees, you know, reviews, taxes, all those other things. Yes. Um, so at some point you need someone to help with the marketing, the advertising, yeah. the recruiting. Um, at what point have you, as a business mm. owner of Service Master Professional um, Building Maintenance, at what point have you taken a deep breath and let go and delegated that to someone else? We have had salespeople and sales slash marketing people off and on throughout our ownership of the business since 2009. And we have not been able to do it successfully, to be quite honest. We have not been able to make it work, keep a salesperson, and or really make sense of how much money we're spending on marketing versus how much we're actually getting from said marketing. And so we <laughs> we have said, it's a, it's a uh, cartoon. I say it all the time, but... It's all, all about alcohol and guesswork. <laughs> Marketing. I love someone being actually honest about how hard it is to keep salespeople. Yes. And because do you think that salespeople or, or people that do business development, they seem to be coming and going? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I think in our business, they see that they could easily own their own cleaning company. We've yeah. had people do that. Leave mm. to go start their own cleaning company and try to steal some customers yeah. along the way. <laughs> yeah. And also just, you know, how much money can you really get when you're when you're talking about contracts? <clears throat> when salespeople are selling cars or items, you know, they get a commission based on that one price item, right? Contracts are ongoing. And so we have to figure out a good how do you pay that yes. person that brought in something yes. that went on for years? Exactly. How to do you compensate that, that commission co structure? Yeah, exactly. And so I think that we just haven't gotten really great at that. 
And we talked to other cust- our other franchisees about it, other cleaning companies about I bet it. They all have the same problem. They all have the same problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and honestly, one of the biggest franchisees that we look to that we model ourselves after, they're in Memphis, Tennessee, where actually where our uh, head head franchisor is, but they that the, one of the owners is, continues to do the sales. You know, and it's not uncommon for me to be with a lot of these small businesses and the top salesperson is the, the company, owner. the company owner. Yeah. 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 And, and if they do have a really hot, splashy business development person, what I have noticed in the business groups that I'm in, yeah. those people switch jobs a lot. A lot. You yes. know, it seems like they're always sending me a, here's my business card here's of my where new. I am now. Yeah. You know, my new business and card. And I think <laughs> maybe they, they might be the kind of person who wants a new challenge. They they kind of like to build something in the beginning, yes. but maybe they get bored with it and they want to move on. Yep. So yep. this might be the thing if you f- if you feel like you need help doing it for a while. Yeah. Don't worry. Go ahead and hire them because they probably won't last more than a couple of years anyway. That's true. That's true. So That's a good point. <laughs> either that or you have to, if they have the skills for it, which a lot of them don't, you make them a part of the customer retention program. We d- we tried that as well. Yeah, that's a good and, idea. And it still yeah. didn't work. No, I mean, uh, just, you know, it wasn't enough, again, challenge and or pay you know, for that person to stick around. But they would have to have a two-sided brain where they mm-hmm. were. Salespeople want affirmation and they want people to like them. They want people to be happy with them. If they're going to be on the on the retention side, they've got to have a switch in their brain yeah. where they're a problem solver. And they're not just a and they don't person. And they don't take, they don't mind a little bit of criticism. Yep. Yeah. That is so true. Yeah. yeah. That is so true. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, what do you think about, uh, social media awareness stuff in your type of business. Well, yeah. What about that? Maybe having them Mm -hmm. do that kind of thing. We right now have people in the, people in the office like share that job. Mostly the recruiter does it. She just happens to be really good at Facebook and Twitter and and social media stuff. Uh, But she, but also, you know, what we're always trying to sell and find and get is people. And yeah. so we spend more time on the recruiting side of social media than we do on advertising our business. Have you found social media to be a good way to recruit? It can be. We have had it on the list as one of the top really? three in our in our applicant source report. Um, but it's not it's not a constant source. That's interesting. Yeah, boy, is that hard to to find employees these days? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It is. Uh, I think we talked about this a little bit, but uh, business development people, you're seeing that they seem to be jumping ship a lot. In in our, yeah, I mean, in our business, for sure. Yeah, yeah for yeah, sure. That's, that's kind of a bummer. It's, it is kind of a bummer. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, how do you reward if mm-hmm. you find, if you do find someone who brings in an account, do you have something special that yes. your company does? Yes. Do you, because it doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily need mm-hmm. to be a point person. Exactly it right. It anybody. could be anybody. And so we have some uh, very minor, it's kind of a small program, customer referrals. If a customer refers a customer to us, a, yeah. you know, we give them like a gift card or some a percentage off of their bill. You know, um, if we have an employee who refers a customer and we and we land that that contract 
we would give them a 5%, you know, commission on it, like a one-time commission or something, you know, and it changes what we decide to do. And maybe for some companies, that's the best way to do it is to motivate everybody internally and give them a bonus or something if they... Especially in our business, word of mouth is is the thing. That's the key. Well, good well, stuff. Thank you. We always we love having it. you in to talk about these business topics. This is great stuff. And uh, uh, before she came in, we were we were talking about customer service, and we're going to have her back to yeah. talk about mm-hmm. customer service. So. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. love to. Yeah. Com- coming up next, Roger Frank will be in to talk about financial things we don't usually think about. Economic development is not boring. It's our future. It's Grow Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Welcome back to Grow Lincoln with Robin Eshelman and Dave Albers. This segment is possible today because of John Henry's Plumbing, Lincoln Chamber of Commerce, and Baylor Evnen Law Firm. We want to thank you for coming in. Rod, this is Roger Frank with Frank, Frank Financial Concepts sitting with us here. Well, we wanted to have you come in because you had said earlier this week that being in the business now for a while, you've seen some mistakes going on with people mm-hmm. that are planning, you know, 401ks, retirement mm-hmm. funds. So we'd like to have you talk about that long-term perspective that you have. Yeah. Are, is it really mistakes or is it things that people don't really consider? Maybe, right. Maybe, maybe people both, don't yeah. know. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, Robin, I've been in this uh, profession for 26 years and we've seen a lot of things over that period of time. But you know, to start off the conversation, uh, Social Security. If you are on Social Security this year, uh, you saw a pretty nice increase in your benefits, uh, which is uh, really, really good. However, a lot of people don't really think about um, what happens if you delay taking Social Security. And a lot of people don't realize that the longer you delay, your, your benefit increases by about 8% uh, every year. So the question is, is do you take it at age 62? And if you do, you're going to give up a fairly large amount to take that benefit at 62. Eight so, 8% a year. Yeah, well, that's on uh, if you delay it. But if you take it at 62, you're taking a lot less uh, benefit. So the question, I think, is is how important is it to retire at 62? And then the other thing is, is if you do delay it, maybe you delay it until you get to your normal Social Security age, which is typically between 65 and 67, based on when you were born, or maybe even waiting to age 70. So I think it's important to look at those options before you make that decision. Yeah, when you're talking about the increase, you're talking about the increase past what would be your what normal retirement age, which is typically between 65 and 67. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Yep. Uh, you know, people look forward to going uh, on Medicare mm-hmm. so that they don't have to go shop around, they think, for health insurance or you know, participate in some expensive mm-hmm. employer-provided uh, plan. However, Medicare, did I say Medicaid? I meant Medicare, has uh, its limits, doesn't it? You know, it does, and a lot of people that are getting retired, they're excited about getting on to Medicare, and, but they don't realize the holes that Medicare doesn't pay. So I think it's important to work through that, look at the out-of-pocket expense exposure uh, when you get ready to retire, and then, of course, look for a Medicare supplement. There's a lot of great medical supplements out there. A lot of them will fit into just about anybody's budget. Uh, you just have to work through that and see which one is a good fit for you. Sometimes you hear that there are rules of thumb for what percentage of your retirement you mm-hmm. should withdraw 
every yeah. year. But on the other hand, we're all, and especially now, increasingly aware of the expenses at end of life. Yeah. So what's the balance there? You know, is mm -hmm. there, a, I, I, I realize there can't be a perfect number that you take this amount out every year, but what do you think about that? Yeah, you're exactly right, Robin. Uh, I think the longevity of our lives, uh, we, we're living longer. And in fact, the Social Security Administration is projecting that around a third of today's 65-year-olds will live to age 90, with about one in seven living to 95 years or longer. So the prospect of living at, say, 20 to 30 years in retirement certainly isn't unreasonable. And I think those are one of the things that you need to plan for when you're getting ready to retire. The other thing that you had mentioned is withdrawal strategies. You know, there's all sorts of withdrawal strategies out there. Uh, financial professionals pitch them, investment companies, um, banks, uh, and of course the media. They all have their take on the withdrawal strategy. But one that seems to get a lot of traction is the 4% rule. And this simply means that you withdraw 4% of your investment balance on an annual basis. Now you can uh, certainly add inflation in there and, and still take that 4%, so the number could change annually, but in general, take a 4% withdrawal. So the question is, is why do some people withdraw more than 4%? Well, maybe they didn't plan as well as they should have while they're working, and they didn't save as much, so they have to take a, a bigger drawdown uh, to be able to cover those expenses. But most of the time, it's usually because they retire. Uh, they spend a lot more money uh, when they are first in retirement, they're out doing those vacations that they weren't able to do while they're working. Uh, maybe they have a lot of other things that they want to do or help their kids, whatever the case is. But they tend to spend a little bit more when they first uh, retire. So what I've seen is is if you balance what you're starting to withdraw, and if you're careful, you can spread that uh, amount or that withdrawal down over a 20, 30-year period. Just don't uh, overdo it in the early years. Well, maybe maybe what we do is we picture a straight line and we shouldn't do that. It's almost like a U shape. You know, I'm going to, mm -hmm. I am going to take more out at the beginning so Absolutely. I can travel yep. and, and then I'm going to have to cut back and then I'm going to mm -hmm. need more at the, yep. at the end. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. I mean, you see a lot of, and correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, a lot of people's retirement is a little bit front end loaded and then boom, you got the back end yes. uh, with potential, yep. you know, problems you have to deal with health-wise. That's right. That's right. Because as you get older, you're just not uh, traveling. You're not uh, moving around as much as what you were. You're uh, more stationary and spending less. I also think a lot of people believe that their house value is going to go up and that's mm -hmm. going to be their retirement. Yeah, I've heard that a lot too. In fact, over the last few years, as you guys know, uh, our home values have increased by quite a bit. But I think one of the things that uh, retirees don't think about too much is how much debt uh, that they have. And, you know, it's not uncommon for retirees to have debt. Uh, that's not necessarily a big deal. But I do find that retirees today are retiring with a higher percentage than maybe what our parents did uh, previously. So I think when you go into retirement or getting close, uh, just make sure that you're uh, taking um, or looking at that uh, closely. If you can be uh, debt-free at retirement, that just uh, frees up a lot of financial freedom for yourself. You know, another thing, too, that I've seen, and this has actually happened in, in my career, is I see a lot of parents and grandparents think that they have to fund their kids' and grandkids' uh, college education. Just remember, though, that your 
children and grandchildren, they have a lot of financial lives uh, uh, over their period of time to be able to pay back that uh, loans or, or that debt. However, there is no financial aid program for retirement. Right. And there's certainly no retirement loans out there. So be sure that you pay yourself first. And then if you do have the means and you're doing well, then you can help those other people that are in need. You know, that reminds me of a saying I heard um, a friend said, we suddenly realized there was too much month and not enough money. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That's exactly why budgets are very, very important. So create that budget uh, as you're getting close to retirement or in retirement. So as we've discussed, um, you know, are these mistakes or are these just things that people haven't really thought about so much? But I do think it's important to plan while you're working, and but it's just as important to plan while you are retired. So if you enjoy your time, uh, the big thing is don't run out of money so you can enjoy that uh, that financial freedom. Thanks a lot, Roger Frank, Frank Financial Concepts. Roger is a registered representative of and securities offered through Berthel Fisher and Company Financial Services, Inc., BF, CFS, member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through BFC Planning, Inc. Frank Financial Concepts, BFCFS, and BFC Planning, Inc. are independent entities. Coming up next, businesses opening, closing, and moving around. This city is my city, and I love it. Yeah, I love it. I was born and raised here. I got it made And if I have my way, I'm gonna stay. Ever be It's Grow Lincoln. 1499.3 KLIN. Robin Eshelman of Eshelman Commercial Real Estate with you. And, and Dave Albers of the Albers Company. And this segment is possible today because of University of Nebraska Lincoln College of Business. Frank Financial Concepts and Realtors Association of Lincoln. The downtown landscape changing again as the owners of the old YWCA building. A lot of people probably have forgotten that there used to be a YWCA in Lincoln. Um, that was not too far from the library. It was at 14th and N Streets, the, not too far from the downtown library. Been vacant since 2009 or maybe even earlier than that. Yeah. It, it, and and it's, it sat it, there and sat there and sat there. And it's a nice looking building, Such a don't you think? It's a pretty building, but very old and difficult to imagine putting an office or something in there. Um, owners tearing two thirds of it down, building 30 condos there. Which, you know, isn't that what we're seeing in most of the downtown buildings? Yeah, it's uh, 30 here and 50 there and six in another place. And yeah, we were talking in our earlier segment how we probably need 1,000 to 1,800 apartments um, and even more living units or houses a year. So this makes a small dent in the need that we have in Lincoln. Absolutely. Robin, should we go further south about another good-sized project that's going on? 40th and Rokeby Road. Now, this has been a really fascinating development to watch. Um, April Sampson Cancer Center is under construction there. Um, this is a Bryan Medical Center project, Cancer Partners of Nebraska. They have annexed that to include a hotel. I am amazed by 
the whole South 40th, the character that that seems to be taking. When you think about the big Bryan Medical Building at 40th and Pine Lake, and then yeah. you then you go south to 40th and Yankee Hill, and there's a CHI building there, yeah. catacorner from Target, and you keep going down to the south, and you have this cancer center. I think, tell me if you agree with this or disagree a little bit, but do you think that we could see some medical specialists come along that corridor there? Well, it wouldn't surprise me, but uh, to your point, uh, a lot of these buildings are being put up by the hospitals themselves, and so they will drive, in my opinion, the physicians if they're going to have them move out to these areas. Yeah, yeah, I wonder if we would see CHI and Brian specialists that might decide to locate out there. It could be a good place for that. Well, talk about medical facilities. Weren't we both surprised when the former... <laughs> okay, this has been the surprise of 2021. 20, yeah, what year 22. are we? 2022. Their years are blurring together. Yeah. Um, yeah, the surprise of 2022 was, without a doubt, hands down, the Valentino's Grand Buffet building on 70th at 70th and Torn being converted to um, internal medicine. <laughs> now, I know that both buildings involve digestion (laughs) or both uses of the building involve the digestive process but who would have thought that that's what would happen after the grand buffet shut down yeah i mean and i i I think it's a good idea but there again i'm not not opposed to the idea i think it's a good idea there again that's a medical corridor there yeah that you know everything that stretches down south from um, St. Elizabeth Hospital, you, you drive down 70th Street and you find lots of medical offices. You even find them when you take a, you know, turn east on Pioneers. You see, you know, 70th and Pioneers going east to 84th. You still see a lot of medical offices in that area as well. There certainly are. Hey, Robin, let's, let's jump to, uh, some stuff out on Highway 77 and West, Pi- uh, West Pioneers to Folsom. Uh, there's, you know, a big project going on out in that area, 650 residential units, different types. And there, this is kind of not too far from Hope uh, Reformed Church. Uh, but this is going to have low-income housing and some affordable housing going into it. And so, and we need some of that. Yeah. And I don't want to say that this is close to the new casino, but it, no, but but it kind of there. is. Yeah, not it's not very there. far from the new casino that's being built. Well, that's all we have for Grow Lincoln today. Thanks a lot. And send us your announcement about your business opening, closing, or relocating via Facebook or Twitter.